Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, May 22nd, 2023 on Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Matt, it sounded like you were confused by the day. (laughs) My Lord. All last week, my days were off. But since I've gotten to New York, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. I don't know where I am. It has been a whirlwind two-ish days for me in New York City. Grace, tonight, Sunday night, you and I are finally going to see each other. We're both going to be at the same event the Broadway World 20th Anniversary Concert, a star-studded concert. I know why I'm going. I didn't realize you were going to be there. Are you going just as moral support, or is this a work-related thing? Why are you going to be joining the festivities? No, a, a friend of mine um, is is close with the the BWW and invited me as, as a plus one, which was so gracious um, on their behalf. So I'm really excited to go and support. I'm excited to go. Yeah, there's a bunch of great folks that are going to be there. Cheetah Rivera is co-hosting, so it should be a lot of fun. Um, of course, if you've been listening all week, I've had a ton of interviews in the podcast feed, so I want you to go back and listen to those. But coming up on Monday, I will have another one with Mauricio Martinez, who is currently playing Miguel de Cervantes and Don Quixote in the production of Man of La Mancha at the Oslo Rep that I saw last week before coming up to New York City. We talk about that. We talk about his upcoming return engagement at 54 Below, which was directed by our good friend Robbie Rizal. So check that out in the podcast feeds on Monday. And then, of course, over the weekend, we had the latest episode of This Week on Broadway. And if you want to hear all of that stuff before anybody else, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. So we're going to talk about the news. We're going to talk about um, some very fun videos that came out. And then I'm going to talk real quick about the shows that I've seen already. Three Broadway musicals, two new ones, one revival. Uh, So we'll get to that at the end of the episode. But let's start with Friday's announcement of the 2023 Drama League Awards. Now, these are always weird ones, Grace, because they only do productions like play, revival play, musical, revival of musical, the directors for playing musical, and then they have one performance award and 50 nominees. So there's only one performer that wins and people who have already won are no longer eligible. Um, A couple other things that I want to note here, they do things a little weird on what's eligible. Kimberly Akimbo was considered last season for its off-Broadway run. That's normal. However, Merrily We Roll Along, which was off-Broadway last year, has announced a Broadway transfer, so they're going to wait to include that next year, the exact opposite of what they did with Kimberly Akimbo because Kimberly Akimbo had not yet announced a Broadway transfer. So it's very confusing what's going on, all of that stuff, but I wanted to make those things clear if you're upset about what did win. But outstanding production of a play went to Leopoldstadt. Outstanding revival of a play was A Doll's House. Outstanding production of a musical was Some Like It Hot. Outstanding revival of a musical was Into the Woods. Outstanding direction of a play went to Ann Kaufman for The Sign in Sidney Brewstein's Window, eligible both for BAM and Broadway, obviously. And then Outstanding Direction of a Musical went to Lear de Bessonet for Into the Woods. And then I am certainly not going to give you all 50 of the Distinguished Performance Award nominees, but the winner went to Annalee Ashford for Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. As I said, there's 50 people nominated here, Grace, and oftentimes these are, uh, you know, not to discredit anybody who's won for what they were doing that season, but when you're looking at trying to draw straws between one and 50, it is a little bit of a lifetime achievement, uh, you know, recognizing your entire body of work. Not that I want to undersell Annalie Ashford because I did see her on Saturday night. So I'll talk about her in a little bit, but that is a little bit of a cumulative award, especially when you're going up against literally everybody who was on Broadway or off Broadway in the past year. 
Yeah, I was going to say that's a massive, massive, massive deal, like to, to be nominated against, you know, 49 other of your colleagues, coworkers, friends. Um, but that's, yeah, that's huge. It, it's so fascinating to watch every um, iteration of all of the, um, I don't want to say smaller because there are no small parts, um, but the non-Tony Awards awards yeah. season awards. <laughs> I could have said that any different way. Um, but yeah, so it is interesting to see how those things shake out and if sometimes those are indicative of what's to come or if not at all. You mentioned that and I was going to save this for when I talked about Sweeney Todd, but I, I've i had a lot of people say to me they think Anna Lee has a shot to win Best Actress in a Musical and like maybe even be pulling into the lead at this point. I... I would that would still shock me um, because I think Victoria Clark has had so much just kind of presumed momentum since Kimberly Kimbo announced its Broadway transfer. Everyone who's been listening knows that I've been championing Michaela Diamond to win this award. Um, but it does seem like if we're doing like the horse race of the Tonys for this category, that Annalie Ashford might be coming a- along right at the right time and coming down the stretch for an opportunity to pull what I guess would probably be an upset, not because of, you know, she's not talented and already a Tony winner in her own right, but just because of where the conversation had been for most of the season. So I don't know, but this certainly, like you said, maybe it's indicative, maybe it's not, but it'll definitely be something to watch over the next few weeks as we get a few more of these awards and the rest of Tony season kind of comes into a sharper, a sharper view. All right, let's run across the pond real quick. And um, one of the biggest shows that people have been talking about in theater has, despite the fact that it's Tony season, has not been in New York. And it is the new play with music adaptation of Brokeback Mountain. It is currently playing at Soho Place and is currently scheduled to run through August 12th. We've talked about it before. It is a world premiere play by Ashley Robinson. And I said it, it has music in it. The original songs are by Dan Gillespie Sells. It is directed by Jonathan Butterell. The show stars stage and screen stars that most Broadway folks are, are, are aware of. Mike Feist as Jack and Lucas Hedges as Ennis. There are a number of reviews that I want to get through. I'm not going to go super in-depth to a lot of them. But let's talk about, start with The Stage, which is a, uh, a London theater publication of, of, some, of some regard. Sam Marlowe said in his review, quote, Feist and Hedges are riveting. Hedges as Ennis almost vibrates with suppressed hunger and a jittery awareness of how dangerously transgressive in a hyper-masculine environment their love is, while Feist's Jack, more comfortable in his own skin, radiates volatile charisma. There's a fragile boyishness beneath the rugged toil and tough, terse talk, and the sex, often either followed or preceded by physical fights, is sensitively handled, from the initial bumping of boots in a tent to tender, bare-chested clenches. Pretty good review. Sarah Crompton, writing for What's On Stage, said, quote, One moment Jack and Ennis seem to be strangers. The next, without much warning or a sign of a spark, they are grappling discreetly inside a tent. The intimacy between them is established, but not the depth of their affair over 20-odd years. It's a big ask for a play to establish that kind of arc, but Butterell's slightly frantic direction increases the sense of speeding along the surface, and the device of having the older Ennis watching the action feels intrusive rather than illuminating. Um, let's do one more to talk a little bit more about, well, let's frankly grace what I think a lot of people are interested in, the sex scenes. Clive Davis writing for the Times of London said, quote, what about the sex scenes, I hear you asking? They're more muted than in the film. There's a good deal of kissing, groping, and a hint of nudity, including when Feist washes his nether regions with a cloth. But Butterell wisely confines the crucial first bout of lovemaking to a discreet fumbling in a tiny lighted tent. So, Grace, you probably have heard more about this than I have, but 
I mean, I think everybody just assumed when this was announced, especially how quickly it went from being just an announcement to actually being on stage, that eventually, with Lucas Hedges and Mike Feist being at the lead of this, that it's coming to New York. And it seems like most of the reviews were pretty good coming out of the London premiere. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I haven't heard anything, but I think it is interesting. And I do really want to see this. Um, I do respect and adore those two actors immensely. And um, this is this is good. I'm, I'm glad that it's being ha- handled delicately and that people are recognizing those intricacies are really important to storytelling, uh, especially when we're having a moment where we're kind of reevaluating how we're putting on productions that are about sensitive material. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thrilled. Let's stick over in London because we got an announcement that really threw a lot of people for a loop on Friday, Grace. And I'm, I, I understand why, but also kind of don't. But we'll get into it. So it was announced on Friday that director Jamie Lloyd, who very famously did the Avita Open Air Theater Regents Park production uh, that starred Samantha Polly as Avita a couple years ago that I've been just dying to see and, and hope they bring over at some point because it just got unbelievable rave reviews. He is going to be taking on another Andrew Lloyd Webber classic in honor of the musical's 30th anniversary. In 1993, the West End debut of Sunset Boulevard happened. So later this September at London Savoy Theater, they will do a new production, a completely reimagined production of Sunset Boulevard starring Pussycat Doll, star of Cats in London, and of course, Sherlock Scherzinger from The Masked Singer, Nicole Scherzinger, is going to play Norma Desmond. Now, that's all the details we have at this point. Exact dates and additional casting will be announced as we get closer. Jamie Lloyd put out a statement. Andrew Lloyd Webber put out a statement. They're very excited about this. I guess talking about the Lloyd Webber-Scherzinger relationship it could be interesting because they had a falling out at one point, and now they seem to be BFFs. There was actually a, a whole episode of The Masked Singer this season that was dedicated to Andrew Lloyd Webber, and he showed up. But a lot of people were a little like confused about why Nicole Scherzinger was playing Norma Desmond. One, they thought she was maybe not old enough to play that role. And then maybe a little bit too glamorous. It doesn't, none of that stuff really resonated with me, Grace. I don't know about you. Gloria Swanson, who originated the role in the film in 1950, she was actually 49 when they filmed it. Nicole Scherzinger is 44. She'll be 45 when this takes place. So the age difference isn't that big. Uh, Admittedly, 1949, 1950, and 2023, the 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 aged roles uh, were, are quite different and how they were looked at. But I, I I think it's interesting. I think just Nicole Scherzinger tackling this role, not having necessarily the depth of acting experience as someone like Stephanie J. Block, who we just saw, or of course Glenn Close, or any of the other people who have played that role. I think that's more interesting to me than like she's really hot and she's young. You know that that kind of part of that conversation isn't. As interesting to me, but that seemed to be what dominated this announcement on Friday. I think it's people's disillusion with like what aging is for women, especially in the U.S. I feel like this yeah. is more of a um, <laughs> a commentary on how we've uh, treated that that process for the past couple of decades. And it needs to be about like Nicole's ability to, <laughs> you know, look old enough for the role. And I'm like, well, I mean, when every single ad is telling us to like snatch our faces up as soon as we turn 31, it's like, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, so I agree with you. I'm I'm more interested and concerned with the ability to convey that. But I actually feel like Nicole has it in her, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to yeah. be wishful and, and, and hopeful for that. I'm just also like, who's going to be the boy? There's going to be a boy. There's always a boy. Joe, uh, someone's going to play Joe and that'll be interesting. I'm I'm yelling out Ansel Elgort. Oh, I feel like that's going to be who it is. Really? I have no intel. That's just me yelling it. 
Is that a yeah, good thing? Yeah, I could thing? see that I... happening. No, I don't think that's a good thing. Okay. I don't think it's a bad thing. I just, I don't know how to feel, but I, I know things, but yeah. Um, not okay. about that production, just about him. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people know things about him that makes that uncomfortable. But uh, okay, we will see if that comes to pass. Like I'm, get, I'm passing on my Miss Cleo crystal ball to you because that would be a a incredible prediction. And just to be clear, I love Nicole Scherzinger. She was the only person to guess the winner, which I won't spoil, of this season's uh, The Masked Singer, which I know uh, Grace, your partner, was very excited about, even though they don't watch The Masked Singer. But I'm ready to give them a complete rundown of everything about that show so that they can catch up. But a big fan of Sherlock Scherzinger and uh, excited to see what happens with this. Sticking a little bit more over in the UK, this has long been in the works and it was finally announced last week that a musical adaptation of the cult classic film Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, will be premiering at Manchester's Hope Mill Theater this autumn. It'll begin performances on October 21st with an opening night on October 26th. If you're familiar with this, this film was about three drag queens who kind of crossed the country in a road trip in a van or in a, in a bus. The original cast of the film, the three drag queens were Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo. Other people in the film include Stalker Channing, Robin Williams, RuPaul. It was written by Douglas Carter Bean, who is, of course, is a Tony nominee for you know writing shows and musicals. He actually adapted the script, and his husband, uh, Louis Flynn, wrote the music and lyrics. This has been in the works for a long time. This one, again, Grace, I'm interested in how they deal with this. Obviously, drag is a major talking point, not just in theater right now with you know, the whole men in dresses thing, but also just drag and, and transness in the political conversation here in the United States. Of course, this is premiering in the UK, but I will note that the art that they sent out says Tu Wong Fu, the musical make America drag again. So they're not avoiding that in any way, shape or form. So, um, excited to see what this is like hope it is handled uh as well as it should be because i think there's a lot of ways that this could get messy and difficult from a lot of different perspectives but with douglas carter bean doing the adaptation of his original script i I hope that they do this uh do this well because it's a tremendously entertaining and touching movie and i hope the same is true when it comes to the stage all right let's get on to some feel-good recommendations before i get into my Uh, The shows that I've seen, I have two videos, both of them involving Kimberly Akimba, which just completely coincidentally was the first show that I saw when I got to town. The first one is the cast of Kimberly Akimba went to NPR and did a Tiny Desk concert. We always love those. And then they were part of an absolutely epic ham for ham mashup that happened on Friday. They were introduced by the stars of A Doll's House, Jessica Chastain Mm -hmm. and Adrian Moyad. And then the cast of Kimberly Kimbo came out and sang. It was Bonnie Milligan's big song, which is, she's just a delight. She sang better with the four show choir kids backing her up. And then they came out with the cast of Camelot, led by, of course, Hamilton original star Philippa Sue. And they did a little bit of like a mashup of an acapella version of the, the title song, then went into the lusty month of May. And then Pippa broke it down for a little bit of a remix with a a song from Hamilton, did a little bit of take a break. So those videos are in the show notes. Very fun. I think grace, and I'm going to try to make it over to the ham for ham this coming Friday, since I'm going to be in town. I don't know what this one's going to be, but Lynn said that they're going to, to get performances, ham for ham performances from every musical nominated this year, maybe from the entire season that are still playing. I'm not sure. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so both 
new musicals and revivals are going to be there. So based off of this, I'm thinking they'll have something new musical and something revival. So maybe Parade, because they've already done Camelot and Sweeney. So Parade, I think, is the only musical revival currently running that has not been included yet. So I guess we'll see. But very much looking forward to that. What did you think of this video? If you've seen it. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Yes, I was watching it live. Because obviously, you know, I get to work on Adele's house. So I'm, you know, watching Arian and and Jessica like all the time. And the way Jessica is squatting on the ground, Jessica Chastain, Academy Award winner, you know, Jessica Chastain is staring at Bonnie Milligan as she belts. It was really beautiful. I wanted to frame it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it was it was a fantastic performance. And I'm glad that everyone is coming together and celebrating because that's what we need right now. We need some camaraderie. We need some love uh, because it's a crazy business. And um, it's, it's really lovely to see all these people coming together. And I look forward to the other shows. Arian is sitting next to Lynn on the steps. But Jessica Chastain is literally doing like a catcher's squat for this entire I don't know. I mean, it had to be like, I don't know, that 10 minute performance between them. That's some that's some leg strength right there, girl. So congratulations on that. But uh, anyway, so real quick, I've seen three shows since I've been in town. As of recording time, I will be seeing obviously more on Sunday. But the three that I've seen, Kimberly Akimbo saw it off Broadway, saw it uh, again on Friday night over at the Booth Theater. My thoughts remain the same. It's good. I enjoyed it. Do I think it's the best musical? I, I don't know. Like, I. I, I'm not getting the the vibes that that so many other people are getting, Grace. And I don't begrudge them that. If you if you love this show and are super excited about it and you think it's one of the best things you've seen in a long time, I'm happy for you. I thought it is very above average with a great couple of performances. I, I appreciate that it's a little different than most stories we see in musicals. I really like that part of it. Jeannie Tesori scores it's probably at the bottom. I mean, at least the ones that I know really well, which I think is most of them. So I liked it, still don't love it. Saturday, I went and saw a little musical about corn. I saw Shucked. And I will say, that I, it was the entire cast except for John Bailman was not in as Gordy. I saw Quinn Van Antwerp. And I got to tell you, Grace, this one, I loved. Like, so I have not seen New York, New York yet. But of the other Best Musical nominees, like, this one wasn't even close. Like, I think this is my favorite musical of the ones that I, the nominated shows that I've seen by a lot. I thought the, the the jokes obviously were very funny. And what I appreciated about them is it like with dad jokes, you can like see a lot of them coming and like that that's part of the fun of it as well. Most of these w- like they were funny because I did not see them coming. Like the one, <laughs> the one where Kevin Cahoon says he just passed a squirrel and then I'm not going to spoil it. So if you see it, that one very funny, did not see it coming. Um, but also like the music was great. I mean, the, the people who wrote this song, the song Shane McNally and Brandy Clark are some of the best country music songwriters there are. And I thought it worked. I mean, was I, you know, do I think any of them are going to go down as like some of the great musical theater classics of all time? Probably not, but they were really good. They were fun. They were upbeat. They were well-written, like super smart and funny. But to me, what really won the day for this one was the performances I love Gray Henson, loved him in Mean Girls, but the way he and Ashley Kelly kind of led it as the storytellers was great. But Caroline Interbickler, I texted you in intermission, Grace, like I'm was very surprised that she did not get a Tony nomination. Um, I think probably her and Lorna Courtney were up for the same spot out of those nominations and she didn't get it. But I, I thought she was tremendous. And Alex Newell, of course, is is great 
I thought everybody, I, I really liked it. I didn't know what to expect going in, but I walked away incredibly impressed with Shucked and look forward to seeing it like a hundred times because this thing is going to be done everywhere. Uh, I think this is going to be one that gets done a lot. I think it's going to tour very well. I think it's going Especially to be Especially in our bad. regions, yes. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get done very quickly. As soon as those rights are done, uh, are available, there's going to be a lot of like really fun, forward-looking theaters that are going to do this. And I'm all about it. So I loved Shucked and I'm not even a big corn fan like so, but I, I did love Shucked and I don't think it's going to win best musical. Although I think they're working really hard. I think they're doing a good job on the campaign trail. So I wouldn't be opposed to it. I don't think it's going to win, but I would be very happy if it did pull that upset. And then finally on Saturday night, I went and saw a little show called Sweeney Todd. Uh, Grace, we had um, an understudy on for Pirelli. Someone Rayleigh, know, Rayleigh, Rayleigh. Yes, <laughs> Raymond J. Lee was on as Pirelli on Saturday night. He was tremendous. I love Sweeney Todd. I've seen so many Sweeney Todds. And this one was good. It was good. I mean, I don't know that I have a whole lot else to say about it. Um, I was a little disappointed, to be honest with you. Like, Annalie Ashford is doing so much in that role. She is so weird and so kooky. She is giving you so much Annalie Ashford. And I, I adore Annalie Ashford. I don't know that there was anything else unique about this production. To me, like, it was just a really solid Sweeney Todd. I didn't think that there was anything new about it, which was disappointing to me. Because obviously with this creative team, Tommy Kale... Uh, being the director and uh, and Alex Lacamoire, who is conducting the show, which was fun. Um, he, you know, did his whole little like wave at the end and, and stuff. I was hoping that there would be a little bit more uniqueness about it. You know, not something that we've seen before. And th there are different ways to look at revivals. Some of them are you want to do it because you want to bring something new to it or you want to honor the original material. That's fine. Either way, um, Stephen Hoggett doing the choreography, a great choreographer. The cast was really good, but I don't know that I was blown away by this. Like I was hoping that I would be Jordan Fisher. Good. Gate Matarazzo. Good. Ruthie Ann miles. Good. We actually had an understudy on for Joanna, who, if I didn't know, did you see Mia Pinero? Joanna? I did. I did. I saw Mia Pinero. Oh, oh my gosh. You're so lucky. She's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. She, she was very, very good. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I feel bad for not loving it more. I, I feel like I should have, but it was it was very good, but I didn't love it. Is that bad, Grace? Nope. So I've got a ton more. I'm seeing Camelot on Sunday, and then we're going to the Broadway World concert on Monday, Grace. And then actually on Monday, Ashley and I are going to see the Rebecca Luker songbook concert, which has literally everybody in New York singing in it. So very much looking forward uh. to that. Um, and then I guess real quick, I guess. Uh, seeing Manuel Miranda and Billy Crystal. So we're very different. What are they doing? Up at the, um, oh gosh, now I'm forgetting the theater name where the Tonys are taking place. Oh, right, right, right. Um, yeah. They're screening When Harry Met Sally and then doing a post-movie talk with Lin-Manuel Miranda and Billy Crystal. And you bet how your ass, you, yeah. I had to, I'm going. Yeah, how could you not be there? That is perfect. Real quick, I'll, I'll run through. I'm still waiting on some things to, to be solidified at the end of my schedule. But on Monday, I'm actually going to see a workshop reading of a new musical called Nothing But Love, which is starring Tony winner Debbie Gravitt and her son Sam Gravitt. And then I'm also going to see the Thanksgiving play. I'm going over to see the Pretty Pants Bandit concert at 54 Below, seeing New York, New York with you, Grace. Then seeing Grey House, Bees and Honey from MTC, uh, from MCC, King James from MTC, the comeuppance from Signature, 
um, and then waiting to figure out when I'm going to see Once Upon a One More Time, which I'm going to see. And I also think I'm going to see A Doll's House. So um, that's what I've got left on this trip. So follow along with me here on Broadway Radio over on social media. But that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all forms of social media for the time being at It's Grace Hockey. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Monday, a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.